0: The John Steggerwald Show, sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
2: God save the Queen. Or is it long live the Queen and God save the King? Not sure about royalty etiquette, but I was thinking about my Canadian mother, and her six sisters today, when I heard about Queen Elizabeth's death, uh, they were all from the same generation up there in Canada as the Queen, and, and they grew up in an era when Canadians still felt a strong connection to England, and they really took the royalty stuff seriously. I always had a tough time taking it as seriously as my mother and my aunts did. They did, They talked about it a lot, and they, they were interested in stories about the Queen, and if, if one popped up that got them going a little bit. But I never, as I said, I I had a tough time taking it as seriously as they did. Maybe that's because my dad used to make fun of them a lot. But it is pretty ridiculous for a modern country like the U.K. to still have a king, which it has for the first time now in 70 years. And it's kind of ridiculous for the citizens of any country to be forced to support the royal lifestyle. But there's also something kind of cool about the fact that it's still around, I think. Around here, we think a a 100-year-old house is old. And anything that's 200 years old is ancient. Well, Buckingham Palace is 319 years old. That's that's one of the newer buildings. The first king of England was Albert the Great in 871. That's 871 almost 1,200 years ago. And now they have a new king. Great Britain ain't what it used to be. Neither is Canada, for that matter, or the United States. But there's something to be said for at least maintaining any tradition for this long. And even though it does seem a little ridiculous to be crowning a king in 2022, eh, I think my mother and my aunts are glad there will be at least one more. And probably most of the people in Great Britain are, too, even the ones who say they aren't. Half of them are probably lying. Anyway, when we come back, Dr. Cyril Wecht will be here to talk about a strange story involving funeral home directors and what they've been finding in the blood of their customers and speculation that it's related to the COVID vaccines. And also some uh, new interesting information about the Kennedy assassination I want to talk to Dr. Weck about. In our second half hour, our new friend Dick Morris back again. He's going to tell you why you shouldn't believe anything Hillary Clinton says about running for president in 2024. Stick around.
0: My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt, we literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite.
3: My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about dinovite Supplements for Gut Health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever.
4: Oh, happier, healthier with
1: every bite. Over a million pets helped with dinobites.
3: My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year.
5: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials.
4: Inflation is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices we said heck no that's un-american when times get tough legacy box stands strong introducing the legacy box inflation buster sale not fifteen dollars a tape not twelve. Nine. yes just nine dollars a videotape we're in a race to save your family's recorded past from the risk of fires natural disasters and the decay of time don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes film reels and fade your photos Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud, and it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe, with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just nine dollars a tape. Visit legacybox.com/lbox to get our nine dollar sale. That's legacybox.com/lbox to get our nine dollar offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX.
3: People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to AceYourRetirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: So when I saw this story a couple of days ago, I immediately thought of uh, Dr. Cyril Wecht, who happens to be one of the most highly respected forensic pathologists in the world. And lives right here in Pittsburgh and there's a report that embalmers around the country are raising questions about blood clots that they've been finding in bodies since 2020 or 2021 and many of them are saying that they think it's because of the COVID-19 vaccines. I thought that was pretty interesting. Well Dr. Wecht joins us now. Dr. Wecht, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
6: Yes, well John, thank you for inviting me. A pleasure as always to talk with you And uh, your listeners, um, well, I um, have had um, a a fair number of people who have died and who have had uh, COVID shots and COVID boosters. I don't always know uh, who, because that's uh, uh, not a question. Well, we do find out if they have COVID because uh, there's an active COVID. Uh, we don't do the autopsies they're concerned out there where I do my autopsies about contaminating and exposing the people. Uh, but um, these embalmers, uh, I, I don't quite know what they're experiencing. I have not experienced uh, what some of them are describing as long uh, yellow clots, uh, some as long as, uh, let they say, a foot and a half or uh, uh, so on. Um, I um I have not experienced that, um, and I'm not aware that people who um, have gotten um, shots uh, COVID and boosters uh, have uh, had complications that would arise from clots like that. You know, they would they would get uh, their kidneys blocked off, uh, uh, their, their blood supply. They would possibly get heart attacks, uh, possibly get strokes if clots form and block off major vessels. So um, I'm puzzled. I'll have to uh, try to check um, around. Uh, I have a chance after you and I talked earlier today yeah. with some colleagues in other cities. I'm going to do that, but um, uh, maybe to the disappointment of some people, I have not experienced this kind of... Uh, Post mortem uh, clotting, or I should say perimortem, because they're seeing it uh, when they're embalming somebody. You don't know uh, do these clots form uh, uh, right after death, do they form uh, just before death, uh, during death, which is what we call the uh, agonal period. You know, most people, you know, you don't die in a second like somebody shooting your head off with a shotgun um, or banging. uh, you neck off with a hatchet. Um, you know, it takes, uh, uh, depending on the disease process, it takes days or hours or certainly many minutes for someone to die. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know when these clots would be uh, formed. We'll have to get more information. Sometimes One guy in Alabama...
2: Sorry. One guy in Alabama says that 50 to 70% of the bodies he comes across now have clots when he normally sees them, he says, in 5 to 10% of the bodies. Now, these guys are not pathologists like you. They're funeral home operators.
6: Well, it would be, in order to make a valid scientific observation, you'd have to know who had received the COVID shots and boosters and when in Mm -hmm. temporal relationship to their fatal illness and death in order to determine whether or not, there is any uh, uh, validity uh, to these observations. Sometimes, uh, you know, funeral rectors go a little overboard Uh, to experience situations where uh, people get all upset based upon what the funeral rector tells them and so on. Because, you know, as you just said, they are not pathologists, they're used to dead bodies, but they're not used to uh, seeing some of the changes. That occur in dead bodies.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, I guess being a talk show host, uh, and uh, this, I see a story like that, and I, of course, uh, I'm attracted to it because I think, oh my yeah, god, here's yeah. another here's another conspiracy. Um, but what does it say, <laughs> Cyril, about how people feel about that the vaccine? I know that's a, that's kind of more of a political question than a medical question, but. You know what does it say about the people's confidence now in the government and its whatever it says about health these days and and that would include the vaccine
6: well John, as I've already said um I would not uh arrive at decisions based upon what some federal Rus have observed and I don't say that in a yeah. denigrating fashion uh, about firuts uh they're important to uh, people um but um Hey, look at it this way, John. Let me let me open up another door. Um, COVID uh, started around February in twenty nineteen. Um, sorry, if I'm not, No, twenty twenty it was. Yeah, oh, 2020. Okay, twenty
3: twenty.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah. And uh, yeah, twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. So it's two and a half years. And uh, look at the hundreds of millions of people who have gotten COVID shots around the world, mm-hmm. and then. The um, um, close to that number who went on to get boosters and so on. So uh, if uh, the shots were producing these clots, um, we would have heard about it. I do believe because the comp- you know if you get clots like that in your body, uh, John, you know just, just imagine what they're going to do in terms of blocking the major vessels um, they go to uh, principal organs, uh, lungs and liver and heart and kidneys and brain. So um, I think we have to do a little more studying on that. I wish that I had the opportunity to uh, undertake a uh, an appropriate um, study like this. I'm gonna share it with some people and see um, I, I have not read of this comp, kind of complication in my pathology journals, and mm-hmm. you know, they've got all kinds of articles dealing with COVID and, and other medical and forensic scientific journals. Um, I have not read about this. So the fact that this information comes from funeral directors doing embalming and does not come from uh, surgeons. Operating on people or doctors taking care of people uh, who have developed complications as a result of uh, vascular clotting—that um, makes me highly suspicious about the uh, validity of uh, that observation.
2: But at least uh, can I say I can I say it's piqued your interest, or is it only piqued your interest because I'm making you talk about it on the radio, or do you have a? Does it actually? No, 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 no. no, no it's piqued my
6: interest. And I okay. just wish that I could, uh, you know, get more yeah. epidemiological information. And I'm going to try. I'm going to call the, a couple of colleagues in different cities, uh, medical examiners and coroners, who do a lot of autopsies um, because, um, you know, you, you, you're you not going to see these uh, hospitals. Hospitals are generally now, you know, avoiding doing autopsies on people who are actively infected with COVID and uh, they don't expose the people. So well, I'm going to call, um, two or three friends of pathologists in major cities and see what they have observed. Uh, because, uh, the funeral directors say that they haven't this with embalming. Well, well the pathologist is doing an autopsy. It's not the same as embalming, but opening up the body and examining what's in the vessels, uh, is, uh, More detailed than just trying to do something with embalming. In embalming, you uh, you go in and uh, attach uh, major vessels. You suction out uh, blood, um, and uh, then you inject the embalming fluid. It may be, here's a thought, it may be that um, embalming fluid, which the pathologist does not use, in his/her autopsy, it may be that there's some chemical embalming in, in fluid that uh, is um, acting with the COVID infectious process and the vaccine to produce this. That's a fact.
2: Okay. Now, um, speaking of the uh, the COVID uh, the, the pandemic, we had you on a couple of years ago. Uh, not pretty pretty early on into the hysteria that was around when it first came about. And you thought that there were lots of overreactions by the government. You wrote about it in an op-ed in the Post-Gazette, and, and you did yeah, yeah. talk about it here on the show. Looking back, uh, Cyril, h- how much did the government get right in those early days? How much did it get wrong?
6: Well, they got some things right, uh, certainly. Um, it wasn't uh, perfect because they have never been confronted with something uh, like COVID, you know, we know about viral epidemics, uh, uh, the common cold, of course, influenza. And uh, we've had other epidemics caused by viruses uh, and so on. Um, but um, this COVID is, I, I can tell you, as someone who has had the shot and uh, two shots and two boosters and my wife likewise, and we both got COVID infections. So um, the uh, vaccinations did not protect us. They were not anywhere near as severe infections as might have occurred otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. It was like a bad cold with sore throats and, and you know, I've talked with people just a couple of days ago. A uh, very knowledgeable uh, uh, family doctor, we were in Connecticut, and he was telling us uh, about his experience personally with COVID and how he's been feeling since. And, uh, you know, we, Wes and I uh, continue to have this tired feeling. You heard this re- reference to what they call long-term COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You heard that. And uh, that I definitely believe does exist, but I don't think that it's related to the vaccine. Um, my uh, my thoughts um, retroactively concerning the comments I made in that large uh, um, op-ed uh, piece in the Post-Gazette, which I understand drew more attention than anything else up until that time that they had had, and so on. And my thoughts are to pat myself on the back and not to break my arm, but yeah. then bestow my, uh, a medal upon myself. And I stand by those, the hysteria. Like, even, even today, John, uh, you'll be walking outdoors, uh, for example, outdoors, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. nobody around, and then along comes somebody wearing a mask. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't say anything, and that's their business. Um, they don't tell me uh, to put on a mask, and I don't tell them to take off a mask, but uh, it's a little much. Some people, uh, you know, what the hell, see people driving in their own car wearing oh, yeah. a mask. Well,
2: I used to like, see them out on the I, bike path. Out in the middle, out in the country here in Washington County, I'd be riding by on my bike, and they would come by with a mask on.
6: Yeah, there you are. There you are. No, (laughs) it's a bit out of hand. Well, they're making kids put them on. It's fascinating, John. Is the way COVID has developed into such a political issue. I mean, I still, I'm still don't, I, I'm still puzzled. I'm still, uh, uh, and I, I, I don't, don't understand how. The right-wingers um, go one way and left-wingers go another way on this COVID thing. Um, left-wingers, this is a broad generalization, but it's accurate to a great degree. And that is uh, that the uh, left-wingers, um, you know, they're big into masks and uh, sequestration. And the uh, right-wingers uh, have been big. Uh, and I'm not a right-winger, so I guess I'm, I'm yeah. an aberration <laughs> 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 but I've got one of my uh, distinguished colleagues, uh, forensic pathologist. Uh, he's quite liberal in his politics, and uh, he uh, he's uh, kind of like uh, in, in 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 total uh, sequestration, pretty much. He and his wife uh, they have a nice country home. It's it's not that they're suffering, but uh, they uh, they're still hiding. Uh, God. Oh my God, they're still hiding. They're still hiding. Yep,
2: yep. I got a few minutes left here, and I want to get to another story that made me think of you. It's about the Kennedy assassination. A book called The uh, Oswald Letter by Thomas Lipscomb and Jerome Croft came out, and it includes uh, what I think are some shocking claims. They said are based on uh, new information. But the one that got me and got me thinking about you was the windshield on JFK's limo. And what they said happened to it now uh, that it was destroyed and uh, i don't know if that's new uh, or at least it's maybe maybe it isn't new to you but is it new to the public and what can you tell us about that
6: well uh, yeah the public generally doesn't know the details about the jfk assassination one of which is that the car and the shattered windshield obviously should have been treated and examined carefully and it wasn't the damn car was sent up to the manufacturer out uh, there in Michigan, somewhere, and uh, they uh, uh, repaired the uh, damage to the car, put in a new windshield, and so we'll never know for sure whether the shot that broke the windshield uh, came from um, inside after going through Kennedy or Conley, um, or whether it came from the outside. Um, you know, you don't, you don't do that. I was involved in the attempted assassination on. Uh, the uh, prime minister of uh, Taiwan, and I went over there and examined, and they had preserved the evidence. I could examine the car. He was shot. And there was a question of, you know, the angle and the distance mm-hmm. and, uh, and so on, and it was eventually uh, solved in terms of who did it and what kind of a weapon they used. But here in uh, our great, fantastic country, is but it is all part of... The the cover up, John. All part of the cover up. I wish we had more time, uh, but well, you know, when I when I when I when I give my talk, I'm doing it September 10th, Saturday at 2 p.m. in Beaver County at the Lincoln Performing Center. Anybody who's interested, at 2 p.m. this Saturday, I do that with uh, one of your news media uh, former colleagues, uh, John McIntyre, and we talk and uh, talk about many cases including JFK and they demonstrate getting people on the stage, uh, what the absurdity of the single bullet theory is mm-hmm. a bullet uh, gyrating vertically, horizontally and so on. And, and oh, other favorite. facts, and then back to the windshield, the people out no, they, they don't know about it, but it's not a secret. Uh, you, 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 see, here you are an intelligent guy actively involved and you're learning this and you're somewhat surprised the, uh, to, to learn this. Can you imagine this is now, um, Uh, 2022, Um, uh, but it's unbelievable the cover-up from the very beginning, from the very beginning after whoever plotted to kill the president, um, the control that was manifested, getting the body out of Dallas, getting the autopsy done by two incompetent naval pathologists who had never done a gunshot wound autopsy in their entire careers, getting the brain to go missing. Not pointed out until I got in there in 1972, so that it could not be examined to show the hemorrhagic tracks, uh, depicting uh, the angles and trajectories of the bullets going through the brain. I mean, who could have accomplished this? That's what I don't know. But hey,
2: hey, Cyril, uh, they're telling me I'm out of time. And I, listen, okay, uh, we got the right. anniversary coming up in November. I want to have you on again. We'll we'll go over John, it all of John, Get for back,
6: back to me. Up. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I I uh, admire and appreciate. Your' keen interest in these things so we'll talk again okay
2: Th- Thank you very much. that's Dr. Cyril Wack and we'll be right back.
1: Well that's news I'm John
5: Scott. Buckingham Palace says Queen Elizabeth II. Britain's longest reigning monarch has died. she was 96. Condolences pouring in from around the world following the death of the Queen. BBC correspondent Chris Aldridge reports there have also been messages sent by former British Prime Ministers. The former Prime Minister, Sir John Major, said she had been an example of duty and leadership for so very many years, and we had all lost someone very precious to us. His successor as Prime Minister, Sir Tony Blair, said the UK had lost not just its monarch, but the matriarch of the nation, who more than any other brought the country together. Gordon Brown said the Queen had served the country to the last. The Queen's 73-year-old son, Prince Charles, automatically becomes king, though the coronation might not take
7: place for months. This is SRN News. of passive, affordable single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states, these investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value, protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital or give me a call at eight one seven nine one two one five six nine am 1250 the answer
0: do you love to cook or have a favorite recipe that's a winner then you need to enter your favorite recipe sweepstakes to submit that delicious recipe the winning submission will receive a $1,000 William saloma shopping spree increase your chances of winning by entering once per day and completing bonus entry options so start cooking submit your favorite recipe today.
7: Online. AM1250TheAnswer.com This is John Stoggerwald and Pit Cycles
2: has what you're looking for. Choose from a huge selection from Indian Triumph, KTM, Royal Enfield and more. Plus, Pit Cycles is proud to be the new home of BMW Motorcycles. Check out the exciting BMW lineup plus apparel and accessories. Get your trade in value in seconds at PitCycles.com and see just how easy it is to take your ride to a whole new level. Pit Cycles in Warrendale next to Jurgles at Pit.
0: You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman, and a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Hi, Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Step up your grilling game with our Solaire Portable Infrared Grills. Our compact everywhere is a favorite of RVers and trailer pullers. Solaire Infrared provides the quick sear for bar marks and texture needed to properly finish sous vide. Use a portable alongside your larger conventional grill to create an instant sear zone and more juicy and flavorful food. Learn more at besthotgrill.com. Com. Affordable, powerful, portable infrared grills at besthotgrill.com. AM twelve fifty and FM ninety two point five. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway East, really crawling outbound around Boulevard of the Allies, out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, altogether a delay of about 10 minutes. On the inbound side, busy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, the volume continues inbound between Green Tree and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 28, heavy between Route 8 and the Highland Park Bridge. Construction blocking 5th Avenue between Grant and 6th Avenue downtown. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer weather
5: expect a moonlit sky for tonight we'll see areas of late night fog and a low of 59 areas of morning fog tomorrow otherwise partly sunny skies at a high of 82 a moonlit sky tomorrow night with areas of late night fog the low 62 that fog will linger into saturday morning otherwise we'll see some sunshine giving way to clouds saturday's high 79 with your accuweather forecast i'm forecaster drew shannon
0: this is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: Well, Hillary Clinton and her stepford daughter, uh, Chelsea, neither one of whom you would know exist if not for the man Hillary married. Uh, they've been out there making the rounds, promoting their new streaming uh, series, Gutsy. It's about strong, independent women, ironically enough. And she's being asked if uh, she plans to run for president in 2024. Well, nobody knows the Clintons better than Dick Morris. He played a major role in getting Bill a second term. He's the author of The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback, and he joins us now. Dick, thanks for coming on again.
6: You're
8: welcome. One of the things I learned about Hillary is that you have to listen very, very closely to what she says to understand the precise meaning of it. She's not saying she's not running again. She's saying, I'm supporting Biden. And to run now would be divisive. So I'm not running. But the minute Biden pulls out, that I think he'll have to do after the 92 election, because I expect that the Republicans will win both houses, and they'll go to Biden, the Democratic leaders, and say, you can't lead us anymore. You led us into a fiasco. We'll let you stay as president, but you have to say you're not running again. Then I outline this in my book. They're all, you know, all the leftists will come out and run. I think the front runners will initially be Gavin Newsom, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and maybe this is what I really believe, AOC herself, Billy and uh, the and then the Democrats, and they'll go to the top of the polls, mm-hmm. and guys like Judge, and even Harris will be buried underneath, and because uh, the left primary is so left now, all the moderates have left the party, and I think the Democratic leaders at that point will do exactly what they did. Eight years ago, they went to uh, the republic to the democratic leaders and said, "Please, Hillary, run. You got to save us from Bernie Sanders as our candidate." And Hillary is preparing herself for that right now. Yesterday, she made a statement. They asked her, "What do you think of Biden calling Republicans uh, fascists?" And she said, "Well, fascist is a very big word. Uh, I think we we our politics is not served by." using words like fascist or socialist for anybody that favors health care. I think that we should tone down the rhetoric because we're all Americans. And that statement is damn near a declaration of candidacy for Hillary Clinton.
2: Why, why is that a declaration of candidacy?
8: Well, because she wouldn't be saying stuff like that oh, okay. unless she were a candidate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. And, uh, and this TV show, you know, Hillary's strategy always is to wrap herself in a larger cause, because she knows that if people want to look at her, they won't vote for her. So mm. she's not running for president. She's the first woman to run for president. Oh, okay, she's yeah, right. running. She's just continuing Bill Clinton's policies. And now it's not that she's running. It's that she's a gutsy woman who is running. And it's it's all part of advancing in disguise. Mm-hmm. And that's what Hillary is very good at.
2: She's never going to go away, is she, Dick?
8: Well, the actuary tables say at some point she will.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: well, God imposes well, uh,
8: I mean, his own form of term limit.
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> How long after this November will it take uh, for Biden to say he's done, do you think?
8: I think a, m- a month or two. I think we're definitely going to win the House. And the, uh, mm-hmm. the trend in the last week or two has been... Decisively Republican, and uh, I think it'll be a wipeout. And I think that Biden will have to withdraw shortly thereafter. That.
2: Well, you, you but say Michael, that the...
8: mainly about Trump.
2: Right, I know. Return Trump's yeah. big twenty twenty four comeback, and that's what yeah, I want to. I want to get to that because. Um, yeah. I'm wondering uh, what does uh, you mentioned uh, the Joe Biden speech? The, I guess speeches in Pennsylvania. Yeah and calling right. uh all of Trump's uh supporters fascists and uh and threats yep. to democracy you you know how presidential campaigns work better than anybody that wasn't said by accident and it was well thought out before they said it so what's the strategy for for Biden to do that is it is it to get people to focus on Trump uh rather yeah. than he, focus on the, all the things that they're screwing up
8: precisely you said it right uh the uh last time we had a race of two presidents running against each other was 1892. So when you have two presidents running, the, the tendency is naturally to compare the records. And there's no comparison. Under Trump, the borders were closed. Under Biden, two million come in a year. Under Trump, we had 2% inflation. Under Biden, we have nine. Uh, under Trump, we had a buck eighty gas. Now it's $4.00. Under Trump, Ukraine, Russia never dared invade Ukraine, and China threatens Taiwan. Now their they're, the wraps are off. So they know that they're going to lose any president-to-president comparison. But they also know that Trump's image has, has always been such that his job approval is better than his personal favorability. Because many, many people say, I like the job he did, I like the positions he's taken, but... I don't like his temperament and personality. Mm-hmm. So what Biden is in effect doing is baiting Donald Trump, trying to get him to come out and be uh, and be the Donald Trump people don't like. Uh, and uh, that's their strategy. That's why they broke in. That's why he gave the speech. That's why they're peddling this garbage about the archives. You have to see the missing archives like overdue library books. That's about how serious a crime it is. Yeah. And uh, I think that that but I think we have to realize that we need to keep our eye on the ball, which is the problems facing America and how horrible the Biden administration has been and how incredibly Mm -hmm. successful on the exact same issues Trump Trump was.
2: And so they they aren't going to let Trump go no matter what. What what happens if you don't see any reason, any any chance of Trump changing his mind, uh, short of him being. You know, taken off in handcuffs somewhere and thrown thrown into prison.
8: Well, even if that would happen, I think that would just redouble his candidacy. (laughs) There's nothing in the law that says that somebody that's in jail can't run for president. In 1912, Eugene Victor Debs did, and he got 1 million out of 12 million votes while he was in jail. Um, I think that to the people that Trump is going to uh, go after this and say correctly that you would be going after me for a trivial minor crime, like littering. Uh, The archives is, after all, a library. And if there was any indication that the documents Trump had compromised our security, not by their existence, but that he gave them to someone or he leaked it, then that would be a different story. But who cares if the archives are gathering dust in the Mar-a-Lago basement or the archive basement? Some librarian in the archives had his nose out of joint, and the DOJ is using this as an excuse to go after Trump, but I think people will see it for what it is. In mm-hmm. fact, there was a poll just uh, yesterday today, that the Trafalgar Research Group released that said that they polled people who saw the Biden speech, and of the independents, 74% said, I'm sorry, 64% said it was divisive and dangerous, and only 35% said it was in the bounds of normal political messaging.
2: We're talking to Dick Morris. His book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. So how is uh, Hillary using that Mar-a-Lago raid to focus on her?
8: Well, she's she's going to be the voice of moderation. She's going to rise above the quarrels of the parties, and she's going to say, look, we're all Americans, just like she did yesterday. We're all Americans. We need to rise above this. Um, but, you know, this is Pennsylvania, so... Let me talk a little bit about your races there. Um, Oz went through a very divisive, tough primary fight, and Mm -hmm. he emerged okay, but nine points behind. Now he's closed the gap to three points, and I think he's clearly going to go ahead because Fetterman can't stand the spotlight. He wants to release a third of all inmates from prison, and the guy he put on the pardon and parole board is absolutely the most pro-release guy in the world. He doesn't want to fight crime. He damn near wants to legalize it. Mm -hmm. And um, in the governor's race, Mastriano has always been a person who's defied the leadership of both parties. Uh, You know, Pennsylvania is the... I did the campaigns for Tom Ridge, Bob Casey, and Rendell, both Mm -hmm. sides of the fence. So I know Pennsylvania really well. And it is one of the most party-machine-dominated states in the country, Uh, one of the least independent states in the country. In fact, until last year, you all had a line on your ballot where you could vote for all of the candidates without even knowing their names and voting for them individually. They changed that, but it's symptomatic of how far behind Pennsylvania is. Mm -hmm. And Mastriano has challenged that system, challenging his own party leadership, and challenging the Democrats with equal vigor. And I think that the result is that the establishment of both parties has been trash-talking him. But he's two points behind right now, and I think he's going to win, and I think we're going to carry Pennsylvania. I think that with Oz and Mastriano, we have a hell of a ticket, and I think we're going to do just great. We have to be careful here, because Mitch McConnell is doing everything he can to undermine Oz. He had to do a fundraiser from yesterday, but he says it's a candidate quality issue, and what he means is that Oz won't vote for him for leader, and that uh, he would rather be re-elected minority leader than to see some other person become the majority leader, who's a Republican, and that's disgraceful. Uh, I think that. So, so I think that uh, Mastriano and and, uh, and um, McConnell are at odds. But I think people again side with Mastriano in that.
2: Well, if you were, um, if you were advising the Democrats right now, would you tell Fetterman to either uh, get better or quit? I mean, he can't make himself get better, but he's either got to prove that he's better. He can't can he keep going? Doesn't he have to do one or the other?
8: Quit? Well, yeah, but 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 if I were advising uh, the Oz campaign, I would tell them not to make too big a deal about the health issue. Because uh, you never know when a candidate really is healthy and just trying to draw fire and then he emerges on the stage. You know, they load Biden up with drugs every time he's out there and right. nobody thinks he's demented or senile. It might be possible to do that kind of stuff with Fetterman. We're on much more solid ground taking a healthy sediment and saying, look at your policy. You know, mm-hmm. there's a law that they passed that uh, that Federman and Shapiro both opposed that passed its law, and it gives the attorney general, in this case Shapiro, the right to intervene in any county in the state where the prosecutor is not doing a good job of going after murderers and rapists. And uh, Shapiro refuses to invoke that. He could kick the DA and what's his name, Kramer, I think, in uh, Philadelphia Krasner. aside. Yeah, Pleasant, right and prosecute those cases, Krasner, and prosecute those cases himself. But he's choosing not to do it. The Democratic Party is so in hock to the corrupt and criminal elements uh, in Pennsylvania politics that they don't dare do anything to crack down on crime. They, They damn near want to decriminalize it.
2: We're a few minutes here left with Dick Morris. His book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. I want to get back to Hillary for a second, Dick, for something here, because you worked with uh, the Clintons closely. Everybody knows that. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a TV show out not, not too long ago, a couple years ago, and it was, it was uh, based on what would the world look like if the Germans had won World War II. And, you know, it was, <laughs> I think you're familiar with that. Uh, What was that, what the United States looked like? I want you to do that for me. If Hillary had won in 2016, would we be in the middle of her second term? And what would the world look like right now?
8: Well, it wouldn't be different at all. It would be exactly the same, because Hillary would have been as much under the thumb of the radical left as Biden is. Uh, The mere fact that Biden is demented and Hillary is not wouldn't make a difference, Hillary's opportunism would more than make up for the dementia, and uh, Hillary would, would do the exact same stuff that Biden's been doing. I couldn't think there would be a slightest difference between... Well, the but you would have had Hillary instead of Trump.
2: You would have had Hillary for four years. No, I don't think so. I think
8: I think Trump would still have won, but yeah. the only difference between them is that Biden's corruption is largely in the past, his relationship with China. Hillary's is in the present and in the future because she's always inventing new ways to be corrupt. By the way, when we talk about Biden's corruption, one of the things I talk about in my book that your listeners may not know about is we're all focusing on Hunter Biden's laptop, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to go that far. It's a matter of public record that the university of Pennsylvania set up the Biden Institute for peace and diplomacy in 2012. In yep. 2000, uh, right when Biden left office, 2016, <laughs> and it was Biden's full-time employer in the four years he was out of office, and it was he received a million a year from it, and Blinken, the Secretary of State, received a hundred thousand a year salary, and the institute was founded and funded with 22 million dollar grant from China, so <laughs> and, and millions, hundreds of millions of other donations. In China, that the University of Pennsylvania won't reveal in return for that favor, the head of it got appointed ambassador to Switzerland. But you, we literally had a president who was on the payroll of our worst enemy,
2: and he showed up about twice in the uh, uh, twice a year for that yeah. job too. It was not, it was right. a no show, job, wasn't it?
8: Of course, yes, absolutely.
2: It was. got two minutes left here, but, and. Uh, we're talking to Dick Morris, the the return Trump's big twenty twenty four comeback. Uh, anything else you want to throw in about the book and what what people should be watching for? I mean, we're getting closer. Yeah. To two months. We're two months out. Less than two months.
8: Yeah. The key thing here is to understand that not that the Democrats want to foment a civil war in the Republican Party. They want Republicans to say, you know, I like Trump and I like his record, but why do we have to carry that baggage through the election? Let's Mm -hmm. nominate DeSantis for somebody who doesn't have that baggage. And I want to make two points about that. The first is that if DeSantis were to get into it, it would be a bloody civil war from which the Republican Party would never recover. Because Trump's not going to let them steal the 20 election with phony ballots and steal the 24 election with a phony indictment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that secondly, there is no other Republican candidate who can say the four words that are key to the Trump's chances. I did it already. Uh, How do we, how do we know you can seal the border and stop illegals from coming in? I did it already. How do we know you can get gas cheaper? When I was there, it was a buck 80. I did it already. How do we know you can get inflation under control? When I was there, it was 1.5%. Now it's nine. I did it already. Trump is like a hybrid car. He's half incumbent and half challenger. So the challenger opposes the issues. And then the incumbent rebuts the opposition, saying you can't do anything about it, saying, I did it already.
2: Sounds like a bumper sticker to me, Dick. It does. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty good. One. Hey, hey, thanks for coming on again. Uh, the The book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. I have a feeling we'll be talking again, Dick. I really always appreciate having you on.
8: I look forward to it because, A, you're a good show, and, B, you're in Pennsylvania, (laughs) Goldland.
2: That's right. (laughs) Big deal. Thanks, Dick. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. We'll be right back.
5: If you or a family member lived or worked at the Camp Lejeune military base from 1953 to 1987 and developed health issues that required hospitalization or extended treatment as a result of drinking toxic water on base, then you may be eligible to file a claim. Call BD Law Group now at 800-292-2972 to see if you qualify for compensation. Those who lived and worked at Camp Lejeune have shown an increased risk for several types of cancers and other serious illnesses. Female infertility, leukemia, kidney cancer, birth defects, lung cancer, veterans, their families, military personnel, and civilian workers. Call BD Law Group now at 800-292-2972 to see if you or your loved ones qualify for compensation. BD Law Group will never collect any fees unless we win compensation in your case. Call BD Law Group now at 800-292-2972. Call 800-292-2972.
1: It's no secret America we've been let down inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores the products we buy and the pain of every visit to the gas pump At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel, up to 25 cents per gallon, just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill up. That's promo code SALEM. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cashbacks back's not available in gas in New Jersey, Wisconsin.
0: The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, um, I'm sure you've heard by now that uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, has died, and, uh, and you're going to be seeing it all over the television tonight and everywhere you go. You're going to be hearing tributes and condolences and all that stuff. She was around for 70 years as the Queen of England, 96 years old. Pretty cool old broad, I'd say, um, I think. she first Just to be able to last that long, and I mean, it's not like anybody can elect you out of there, but still, she stayed in it. And she was active, and uh, she's kind of cool. But anyway, uh, here's something. F- this, is, this is from uh, uh, Twitter, and someone named Uju Anya, U G U J U is her first name, A-N-Y-A is her last name. And this is her tweet. I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciating. So uh, that is uh, U- Uju Anya. She happens to be a um, she happens to be a professor of uh, a language professor at Carnegie Mellon University. You're probably familiar with Carnegie Mellon University here in Pittsburgh. I think uh, she where it costs fifty eight thousand dollars to be a student. Uh, she uh, of course is blaming the Queen of England for what happened two hundred years ago. It's just typical stupidity on the part of uh, historians who, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, take part in presentism and prevent and and uh, judge people based on current values and everything. But that's something to keep in mind. Uju Anya, and just keep in mind that Carnegie Mellon has a campus in Qatar, Q A T A R, Qatar, which is one of the worst places on earth for human rights. But she works for the company that, that has a campus there. So just so you know that, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Mm-hmm.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, the yellow fan.